Revelation 22, 21, listen again to verse 5. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Happy New Year. I like the new year. I always have. It's a time of adventure. It's a time of, of hope. There's the idea that it's a new day. And I really like this new year so far. My Chargers won yesterday. Yes! In 2008, I was ready for, to forsake all sports. Every team I liked lost. But in 2009... One for one. I mean, this is a good year. And that's how the new year works, right? It's, it's all that stuff in the past. That's in the past. What we get is a brand new day, a brand new future. I can't think about, I can't help but think of my own family and what a new year brings to them. For Abigail, she, she has a new bike. And she gets to learn how to ride a bike. And she gets to learn how to ride a bike eventually without training wheels. And she's already fallen on the bike with training wheels, and my heart stopped. But, but it doesn't matter. That was in 2008. <laughs> it's 2009. Or for Sydney, she gets to learn to walk. She gets to learn to, to taste real food. How wonderful. I can't help but think of this congregation. We get a new sanctuary. I mean, that's great. All those, those summers without air conditioning, that's in the past. Now we get air conditioning. How exciting. Frightening, sure, but exciting. It's a hope. It's, it's a new day. Talk about fun. Praise God for that. And that's why we also, I think so many of us make New Year's resolutions, right? The New Year is a symbol of, of newness, of hope. And so we, we make New Year's resolutions. We pledge to do things that we've neglected. Read more books. Lose a little weight. Save money. Spend more time with the family. These are good things. And so we make our resolutions to do that. We were talking before the service. We said, yeah, but if we were honest, we should make other resolutions like ones that we can keep. I make a resolution to gain 10 pounds this year, you know? No, but it's a new year, new hope. And so we make our resolutions. Now, there's a problem with resolutions, and it's really not a problem. It's more of a, it's a limitation. There are things that resolutions we can do, but there's also things that we can't do no matter how hard we try. For instance, none of us make resolutions to grow taller. Right? We can't do that. Well, I guess kids can, but the rest of us, we can't make resolutions to grow taller. We don't make resolutions to actually get younger. We do things to feel younger, but we can't make ourselves younger. We don't make resolutions to, you know, this year I'm going to levitate five feet. <laughs> Not three, but I want five feet this year. You know, we don't make those resolutions. Why? Because we just can't do it. There are some things that are out of our hands, out of our control, some things that belong in God's realm. No matter how hard we try, we can accomplish those things. Those belong to God. 
Now, in our reading from Revelation 21, we hear about God doing something, God making a resolution, something that belongs to him, his work, not ours. In Revelation 21, verse 5, we read that God says these words, I am making everything new. It's not our words, that's his work. He's making, promising to make everything new. He's talking, of course, about that new day. That new day when, when God will do away with, with those things that plague us. On that new day, God will do away with death, mourning, crying, and pain. On that new day, there won't be any funerals. Praise God for that. Also on that day, God promises to bring a new heaven, a new earth, the new Jerusalem, and to dwell with us in a very new way. Talk about adventure and hope. What a, what a good day that will bring. God doing that, making everything new. Now, there's a funny thing about that word, though, everything. The word everything means everything. Most of us would like God to make certain things new. You know, for instance, you know, God, make a new Krispy Kreme donut that the more you eat it, the thinner you get. Wouldn't that be nice? Or we want other things new as well. God, you know, make our neighbors new. <laughs> Do a new work in them, Lord. Change them. You know, make them a little nicer. Lord, uh, help them to have less cars to park in front of my own house. Right? Lord, get rid of their dog, a new dog that doesn't wander over. Right? I mean, those are the things we want to make new. But God, don't make me new, right? The good news is that God will make your neighbor new. Amen? Amen. 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 The bad news, he's going to make you new as well. And there are some things in our lives that we like even more than God. And God will make that new as well. God will change us from one degree of glory to the next. He will take those things that plague us and, and, and cause us doubt and pain. But we like and we hold on to. And he's going to take that away on one day. Gone. Forever. Everything means everything. And God will make everything new. It's good news. And yet it's a little humbling, I think, to think that God is the one who's doing all the work. I mean, most of us think that, you know, it was humanity who messed things up. Humanity should be the ones who fix it. Right? I mean, we, we, we fell. We should put ourselves back together. It's humbling to think that we need God's help. But we do. When humanity tries to fix the relationship with God, they mess it up terribly. The Tower of Babel was man's attempt to reach up to God. That was a mess. The cross was man's attempt to keep religion orderly. Another mess. All our attempts, all our resolutions, all our striving to appease God just can't fix it. It's above us. It's out of our hands. We just can't do it. It's like trying to levitate five feet. We can't fix this relationship. 
I think it's like it's something like this. Have you ever tried to assemble a new toy, probably for your children, and you don't have all the pieces? And you know, if you're like me, I don't want to take a half an hour of my time to go back to Home Depot or back to the store and get the new box, so I'm going to make it work. So you follow the directions, and there's missing things. Ah, a little glue here. Get my hammer out. I can bend it, duct tape it. It's going to work. And then two hours later, as you're cursing and swearing and everything else, you're back in line at the customer return place <laughs> with a bike that's missing a tire and, a and the, the, you know, the pedal's off and everything else. It's half. You can't undo it because it's something you can't do. So you have a half put together product. And you're saying, it's your fault. Give me a new one. I mean, you know how this works. Well, that's how it is with fixing our relationship with God. We can try. We can grab our hammers, build our towers, use the duct tape, make ourselves really special and holy. But it's not enough. We can't fix it. God must. God must make it new. Our attempts to fix it don't work. And that's why in our reading. We hear that God must make everything new. And how he does that is he brings a new Jerusalem from heaven down to earth. I like that direction, right? Most of us would like to climb up to heaven. It doesn't work. So God must bring down the new Jerusalem. He must set it here. He must make the new earth, the new heaven. God's the one who has the tools to do it. God's the only one who can do it. God has to bring it to us and not us to God. He has to do that, and he does that. Now, this shouldn't surprise us. That's what God's been doing ever since the fall. And God's been giving us little hints and little clues and promises that that's how he works. Right? For instance, he says to Abraham and Sarah, I want you to have a child. Oh, great, but we can't have a child. It's impossible. And God goes, I know. Of course you can't. That's why I'm going to give you a child. Noah, I want you to build an ark to withstand a world's flood. I can't do that. Don't worry. I'm going to do it. Yeah, but we're going to get in. We can't close the door. I know, but I'm going to close you in. And then I'm going to open the door and remember you. That's how God works. He takes the little people. I want to make you a large people. He takes the people in, in Egypt, in bondage. We can't free ourselves. We don't want to free ourselves. I know, God says. I'm going to lead you out. And I'm going to make you cross a sea that's impossible to cross. Why? Because the direction is always God coming down to us. God rescuing us. God doing what we cannot do. In fact, this whole passage of, of Revelation in 21 has been spoken about in Scripture before. The New Jerusalem, well, we hear about that in Isaiah, way back in Isaiah 61. When God says, I, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation, arrayed me in a robe of righteousness, Jerusalem, new bride, as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. Or the fact that God will dwell with humanity? Listen to Ezekiel 37. My dwelling place shall be with them, 
and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Or the fact that God's going to do away with tears and death, Isaiah 25, 8. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. Or that living water God offers at the end of in 21, God says, come everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. He who has no money, come, buy and drink. These are all the promises that God's been speaking about. All the clues he's been giving to say, guess what? I'm doing something new. I'm creating something that you can't. I'm going to fix what you broke. I'm going to take Jerusalem and bring it down to earth. I'm not going to require you to make a Jerusalem that can reach the heavens. God is making everything new. You and me and everything what a glorious, glorious thing. But again, we already know this. Because we saw this in Jesus. I mean, all these words that are spoken about Revelation 21, way in Isaiah, these are the things Jesus accomplished as well. Right? Jesus is the one who covers us, his bride, with his righteousness. Ephesians 5 tells us, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. How did he love us? He gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. And also God dwelling with man, Jesus, Emmanuel. What does that mean? God is with us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Or Jesus conquering death? Well, what happened on the third day? He conquered death. Even more, Jesus said the words, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies, which means he conquers death. Or what about that new living water that's promised? Well, Jesus spoke about that too, didn't he? In John 4, when he said, Whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. And indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. God is doing the work. He's making everything new. And guess who's doing it? The real hard work is Jesus. As he promised to us, I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus is preparing the new Jerusalem for you and me and our neighbor too. Oh, blessed day when Christ shall come and show himself as Lord, and thousands meet in their new home, which Jesus has prepared. Which Jesus has prepared. Now there's one last thing in this passage I want you to note. I want you to notice the tense. It's a present tense. I am making everything new. Not I will make, and not I have, but I am making everything new. Which means, even now, at this moment, God is making everything, everyone, new. It means that God, even now, is working in places we least expect. God is at work in the shadows of this world. God is at work in small churches. 
God is at work even as we struggle. God is at work in the sacraments. A splash of water, a little bit of bread and wine. God is at work. God is at work everywhere. In everything. Including you. And me. But I know what you say, because I think the same thing. I don't see it. I don't feel it. Well, that's just all the more proof that God has more work to do. But there will be a day when you see it. And there will be a day when you feel it. On that last day when the trumpet blares, as you see Christ face to face, you'll be changed, completely changed. All doubt, all pain, all sorrow, all addictions, all death, it will all be gone. And on that day, when it is complete, God will say, it is done. What Christ finished on the cross is done on that last day. And that will be a glorious day. But until that day, well, make your resolutions, or not, and take up your crosses, and love your neighbors, and kiss your children, and laugh, sing, dance, confess, and live knowing that God, even now, right now, at this very moment, is making you new. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.